Uh, well, hello there. If you don't know me, uh, I go by the name of George. Uh, some would call me maybe one of the more vocal Greeks here at Owen Anglican. Uh, but if you don't know me, then George is just fine. Uh, I'm sure, though, if you know anything about us Greeks, and if you live in Owen, quite literally uh, the most Greek suburb in all of Australia, uh, you know that Greeks like to pride themselves on wisdom. Uh, Greeks, to their beliefs, are the founders of philosophy. Uh, they're the founders of critical thinking, and they're the benchmark um, in the ancient world at structuring society on wisdom. Uh, one of the greatest philosophies known to us, or philosophers known to us by history, is by the philosopher Plato. Uh, if you don't know who he is, Plato is considered one of the most influential figures in the Western world. Uh, his ideas spanning from mathematics to metaphysics, structuring law and society, uh, you name it, all of his ideas had a very measurable mark. His wisdom was unbelievably extensive, and if you were Plato, and somehow if he, if he was alive today, you'd probably be thinking to yourself, yeah, I did a pretty good job. My wisdom, my ideas, they certainly stood the test of time. But this is not the case. To, today, to today's modern standards, Plato's his ideas, as great as they were at his time, seen as dated and have caused actually quite significant suffering. To Plato, the ideal ruler, the ideal king that should lead the land, uh, we should be someone that a philosopher, right? Uh, the king should be intelligent, should be well thought, uh, solely focused on pushing society on a philosophical groundwork. Now, this is the major reason as to why there was a lot of suffering in the 21st century. In particular, there was one nation, the USSR and communism, that held this idea that a philosopher or a philosophy should guide them. And because of this, many people starved and millions died. Uh, because they were following a wisdom that they thought at the time was fantastic. Yet what both Plato and the USSR, what they both missed was in fact the idea that man's wisdom is limited. And this is what the passage we read today, this is what it talks about. Our right Ecclesiastes, being Colette, up to this point has researched wisdom of life under the sun. And this is what life if no God holds for us. Colette has critiqued humanism, he's critiqued accomplishment, fame, pleasure, individualism, all the things we went through, suffering, you name it. All the things that we as humans value and treasure so much in this limited time on earth. Colette has written wisdom on it. Now, Ecclesiastes 8, Colette finally gets around to deconstructing uh, wisdom himself. And what he finds is that wisdom itself, being human wisdom, it has its limits. He's not claiming that God's wisdom is limited. But what he is saying that by design, by us being finite, so is our wisdom. But what if, if it has its limitations, wisdom, then when are we to find meaning and joy in life? What if our human experience is true to skeptic? Uh, what if we cannot even determine what we know and see is true? How meaningless of life is that then? If we see such suffering, not in just our lives, but in the world's, if we ourselves cannot use our wisdom to solve the world's problems, it's depressing, isn't it? The idea that there will always be a tyrannical force in the world seeking domination at the cost of many lives, or knowing that justice system will always be corrupt, even in such a good place in Australia that we live in. In society, from generation to generation, it will always try to come up with some new type of wisdom that promises to solve all these issues. We don't need to read Ecclesiastes 8 to know that our wisdom is limited. As we as humans struggle to solve this problem of evil. But what if there was more than just man's wisdom? 
What if there was more than life under the sun? What if there was life above the sun? And in our passage today, no matter, no matter what, because we as humans, we're finite, we will never be able to figure out everything. So today, in a world that's quite rattled and broken with suffering, with COVID ravaging our lands, uh, with world superpowers on a global scale fighting, you may indeed feel the exact same way Colette was feeling. Um, in his times, plagues going through nations and ancient superpowers fighting. Life under the sun, there is not much man's wisdom can do. But there can, can be meaning if there is life above the sun. So, with your Bibles open and your outlines, without further ado, uh, let's jump into our first point at the beginning of our passage. And Colette opens this passage on wisdom in a very, very old fashion. In fact, it's, it's quite poetic. So from verse 1, Who is like the wise? Who knows the explanation of things? A person's wisdom can brighten their faith and change its hard appearance. The expected answer here is no one. No one is like the wise, and no one can explain these things in the same way a wise man can. Then wisdom, it's like a facial expression. It can change the way a person acts, from quick to anger and rage and slow with peace and joy. Colette here is not condemning wisdom. Wisdom is definitely valuable. He is rather praising wisdom, for wisdom is a good thing. And like everything so far written in Ecclesiastes, be it money, community, accomplishment, work, whatever it is, all these things are good things. If there was no wisdom in any judgment, this would make our lives not great at all. Many of us would not be here without the wisdom of many. Take it from me, for example. So if you don't know, 24 hours a day, I'm constantly connected to a diabetic pump that injects insulin into my body. I'm a diabetic, and this is what a diabetic must do in order to stay alive. Uh, this amazing piece of wisdom that the hormone of insulin is essential to breaking down glucose and in converting it into energy is undoubtedly essential to not just my life, but many lives in this world. Uh, without insulin, I'd have about 24 to 36 hours to live, and almost two years ago, without insulin, I almost died. It's unimaginable to think that in, the 20, in 2021, it marks the 100th anniversary of the discovery of insulin. Imagine that for many centuries, people, children, beknownst to them, would be dying from diabetes without it known to them. It would be hypocritical to say that this scientific wisdom is useless because the fact is it's not. It's very valuable, just like many types of wisdom that this world gives us. But even though this wisdom, from example, me has given me life, it would be foolish, it would be absolutely, absolutely stupid if I was to think this machine attached to me, it could answer me life's biggest questions. Is there meaning to life? Is there life after death? Who or what or why or how should we live our lives for? These are the inevitable questions that man has tried to answer and toiled under the sun for the ages of time. And sadly, as with life under the sun, if we make our wisdom the ultimate value of our life, then it would be more, we will be more than just disappointed. So Koalei asks at the beginning of the passage, what good wisdom is there in particular with authority? If our king is not wise, if authority is cruel and unloving towards us, we often return in kind. We do not obey our bosses, our families, when they argue towards us, we, we return sharply in kind. We repay evil with evil. But this is not what Colette says we should do in verses 2 and 5. Obey the king's command. Whoever obeys his command will come to no harm, 
and the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. You see, a fool argues with a king, and a wise man recognises that evil will always exist in this world. And while it's righteous to get angry to be upset at times, a wise man will know that authority will do whatever they please, and that there is a time and place wisely to choose the right way to speak. Uh, it's tempting, for example, our bosses or our families disagreeing with us to be quick to anger. And <laughs> from growing up in a Greek family, that I certainly know that's not the wisest thing to do. Uh, it is far wiser to listen to them and, re and respond in an appropriate manner, to compromise and come to a solution. But Colette, he goes further on man's wisdom. And that truly, regardless of what we do on a larger scale, our wisdom cannot defeat evil. We do not have power and wisdom to change the wind. We do not have any power to change death. We have no power to have rest in war, as it says in verse 8. We have a very limited influence on society and authority. But at the end of the day, regardless of anything, we'll never be able to solve the evil that lies within the land because our finite nature and our wisdom being limited. And so to Colex's next point, what can our wisdom do against evil? Sad reality is if we often don't lie, if we don't cheat, if we don't backstab our way to the top, we won't get there. In most jobs, or careers, or positions of status, we will not get anywhere near as far if we don't choose to be selfish or throw other people under the bus. This, is, this has been and will always be the case that the wicked and the wicked path is also rewarded on this earth as the righteous path. Verse 10. Then too I saw the wicked buried, those who come and go from the holy place and receive the praise in the city where they did this. Sometimes it's cruel, it's hypocritical that the wicked, in, this, in the times of our passage, they would go to the temple and they would receive praise from those around them. They would be buried, and the inference here is sadly, not only do they get an honourable burial, but they also sometimes get a, bury, a better burial than a righteous person that follows the spirit of the Lord. And this hurts us. This, this hurts the spirit knowing that some people will end up like this. In the extreme case, say, for example, uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, with his position as leader of North Korea, uh, to oppress the whole nation with corruption, starvation and abuse. Like his father, King Jong-il, he, he will most likely get away with what he's doing for his lifetime. But even though from his own holy place, he is praised. Uh, his days are short and shortening with each day that passes. In fact, his life compares uh, to the life of another wicked man uh, who is rewarded far greater than that of a righteous man. Uh, mob, mob leader Vincent, uh, Vincent Gigante, otherwise known as the Odd Father, of the largest crime syndicate in New York City. Now, the Odd Father, he lived an unimaginably wealthy life. He ate fine food, he smoked cigars, he lived a life of crime and violence, and he became the world's most powerful crime boss. And Gigante, among those in the crime world, he would receive praise. He would receive praise like a charitable and upstanding citizen until he died and was given a fantastic bu uh, burial in 2005. Now, if you heard correctly, his nickname was not the Godfather. It was the Odd Father. And the reason why Vincent Gigante, he had the Odd Father name, such an odd name, was because to avoid being arrested or killed, he placed a fake mob leader as the head of his organization um, and he pretended to be insane for 30 years. 30 years he would walk in public in bathrobes and ramble nonsense to himself. And for the rest of the time that he didn't do this, he would be a recluse at home. For all this time, all this unimaginable power and wealth, 
and yet he could not enjoy a single thing about it. Does this quite literally not parallel everything that God teaches us in Ecclesiastes? Man's wisdom is limited, oh boy. It is so limited, and yet deep in our hearts we all have this temptation to choose the poor wisdom and follow the wicked path, to turn away wholeheartedly, trusting in the wisdom of our Father God and trusting in the wisdom of the wicked. Yet, verse 13, because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. Like the shadow of a tree lengthening at sundown, because the inevitable fate for everyone is death. Everyone reaches a point at the end where they ask themselves if their life on earth was meaningful. And those who do not fear God, even if they've lived a long year of life, a, full, uh, a life of full years, sorry, they cannot escape final judgment. Their tree is chopped down before the sun sets, and both, in both cases with Kim Jong-un and the Odd Father, neither of their evil will release them. And one of the most interesting insights that I've been given in life, and something that I only, being 22, am so lucky to have, is to see the legacy of all people when they die. Uh, over the last 15 months, I have worked in funerals. I am the person that drives the hearse, or I'm the person that drives grieving families and buries their loved ones. And in 15 months and countless of funerals that I've been on, yes, the wicked do get an honourable burial, but this is so meaningless. My goodness, this is so meaningless, seeing people figure out that life under the sun, that living and following the finite wisdom of man and not following God brings such a limited life. In my time working in funerals, how many funerals do you think I've seen that are atheist in nature with no religious aspect? Zero. Zero funerals. Every single funeral that I have been on has had some form of acknowledgement of life above the sun, some afterlife. Why? It's because man's wisdom cannot solve the evils of this land. It cannot solve the problem of evil. And those at the end of their days see this. Man's wisdom cannot solve the injustice of this world. And trying to live life under the sun, the wicked path only leads to misery, for evil itself cannot liberate us or free us from death. So if man's wisdom is limited and it cannot solve this injustice in this world, if evil will remain regardless of man's wisdom, our original question still remains. Where are we to turn for us to find meaning and wisdom, oh, sorry, meaning and joy in life? And the people I work for, the people that I drive on my job sadly figure this out all too late. Uh, with our final point, only God can give man any hope or meaning for his wisdom is completely upside down to ours. And our Lord, our Father, has demonstrated this fully in the cross by giving his son Jesus to die for us. For you see, it is all encompassed perfectly in the death and resurrection of Christ. Christ knew when to speak against the authority, raising his voice against the Pharisees and for the weak, uh, but in silence leading up to his death. Rather than fighting Pontius Pilate and the Romans like a mighty warlord that he's expected to be, he was silent and humble in the face of authority. And Christ's death was the only way, it was the only thing that was able to curb evil. And he did so by going through the ultimate injustice. Jesus lived the life of a righteous man. And unjustly as an innocent man died for you, he died for me and for all the wicked so that we can have a chance against sin. This is the upside down wisdom of Christ. 
And we are so, uh, presented two options perfectly summed up in 1 Corinthians. Uh, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, uh, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligent of the intelligent I will frustrate. We cannot expect the wisdom of man, intelligence ourselves, to solve all our deep existential issues. It's, it's just not possible. And Paul, writing to the Corinthians, the Greeks, uh, as seen as their time as heralds of thinkings and philosophies, they have been humbled over time. The wisdom of the wise, if you read anything in history, it's all, they've all been humbled. Take it, Isaac Newton, René Descartes, David Hume, Plato, all of these famous philosophers and wise men, all of their wisdom has been humbled and they're now taught as stepping stones to better ideas. But there is one idea, there is one person that has stood the test of time and remains as the only hope to call that end to us. And that man is the Lord God. This flies in the face of all logic. Why would God allow himself to suffer? But as Christians, we rejoice in this upside-down worldview because it brings salvation. Christ, in our understanding, understands the evil and the sin in this world because although he was blameless, he suffered in our place and he knows what suffering we are going through. Colette sees this and he concludes on this message. Then I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend it, what goes on under the sun. Despite all their efforts to search it out, no one can discover its meaning. Even if the wise claim they know, they cannot really comprehend. If you see, man's wisdom is limited. Even if the wise claim they know it, they, they really cannot comprehend it. And it would be foolish to do so. Our understanding is finite and we cannot truly understand why sometimes we suffer. We cannot understand why we lose our jobs sometimes, why we lose family members, why even at a young age are given life debil debilitating illnesses like myself with diabetes. Even though suffering is at the core of the universe, we do not have the answers. But in the life of Christ, whose death on the cross would be seen as folly to man, is full of true wisdom because without it there is no divine justice, there is no hope and there is no salvation to us. And so, as you leave today from this passage, know this. The wise person will not push himself to death trying to solve everything under the sun for our wisdom is limited. Instead, the wise person will enjoy every small blessing is given to them rather than worrying about what makes no sense. For there is nothing better for, better, uh, there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat, and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toils and all their days of life God has given them under the sun. Verse 15. So although in life we will not understand why uh, things happen, uh, the problem of wickedness and injustice, it's in good hands and it's been paid for by Jesus Christ our Lord. And rather than making the mistake of toiling under the sun and searching for answers, uh, some that we cannot understand, Christ gives us the chance to enjoy all the small things we have for he, we know that he understands it. So let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that indeed you gave your son Christ to come down to set this upside down kingdom uh, for truly it's only you that has ultimate wisdom and not us. Uh, we just pray that we can see this in this lifetime, that we don't leave it too late. Uh, so Father, we just pray uh, that even though we can't understand everything, we trust wholeheartedly in you for only life above the sun uh, can give us any meaning. So we pray this all in Jesus' name.